Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, to another episode of Shua'al Midorshim Shalashim Yom. Today is the fourth day in our quest to learning all about the holiday of Hanukkah. So I wanted to first say that today's episode is Le'ilah Nishma's two special people. The first one is Yehudit Bracha Bas Nechemia, who tragically passed away this morning, um, which was a big loss for the Jewish community and also the Frisch community, as she was a parent at Yeshivat Frisch, which is where I go to school every day. And I happen to know her daughter. So this loss hits very close to home for me. And as well, today's learning is Le'ilah Nishma's David Ben Yisrael, who's my great-grandfather, my Safta's father, who was a doctor that lear- that worked until he was 89. And he also had, had, a few, had a bunch of moral principles that I thought were very admirable. Number one is that if people couldn't afford to pay, not only would he, would he cover their bills, is that he would preserve their dignity by bartering with them, by saying, "Hey, if you bring, um, can you bring me in this produce or that produce, um, and that that will pay for your for your medical bills," which obviously doesn't compensate for the actual value of the service that he was providing them. But what he did was he made them feel still a sense of self-esteem that they weren't being fed sedaka and that they weren't being given um, free service as charity, but met, let them feel like they were actually paying for it. Additionally, if anybody was involved in Chinuch, or if anybody was a Rav, he would refuse to charge them. And the last thing that he would did is, when my great-uncle Chaim, his son, my Safta's brother, was in kindergarten, one of his friends threw a golf ball at his eye. They were being rambunctious, and the golf ball somehow wound up in the eye. It, it, it hit him in the eye, and it blinded him, and so he had to have, have the eye removed. And as to not make that boy feel bad, because my, my great-grandfather felt so bad for that boy... What, what what feelings he would have for the fact that he made a boy blind, not even thinking about any animosity that he would have towards him for making his son half blind. What he did is that he fabricated a story about there being a tumor behind the eye and that if the golf ball wouldn't have hit it, um, my my great uncle would have would have passed would have passed away from the tumor to just just in order to try to make the the boy fe- the boy feel a little better about himself. And not only that, since my, my great-uncle passed away in 2008, his his son was quoted in an article about him, and this fabrication of, of my great-grandfather um, was was believed so much that, that, his, that his grandson wrote, His entire life, my father believed that losing his eye had been a miracle in disguise, says his son Dove. He had been told that that the emergency surgery carried out to remove the injured eye, the doctors had discovered a life-threatening tumor right behind it, just in the nick of time. So just in order to make one boy feel a little bit better about himself, my great-grandfather deceived the entire world just to show you how good of a person he was and how much he cared about the feelings of another Jew. So let's dive right into the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch. Like I mentioned yesterday, has been our best friend over this journey to learn more about Hanukkah. And let's talk about a principle called Pursume Nisa. So there was an idea, which we're about to name Persume Nisa in a second, but for now on it's called Legalos Ahanes, which is that you should put your candles in outside your house so that people could walk by on the street and for, for all eight nights, and so people could walk by on the street and they could realize um, and, and recognize the nes that had taken place to the Jewish people and what Hanukkah is celebrating. So continues the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch. He talks about a halacha case. So we should light ceremonial candles in in every shul 
as a way to recognize Purshimei Nisa, because there are a lot of people in the shul, and it's a public gathering, and we should remind everybody of the miracle. Al-Muvarchan Alan, and we should, and we should, or probably the Rav of the shul is going to make a bracha on the candles. He's going to make all the brachas that he makes on, on Hanukkah candles. Al-Anichan Bakotel Darom, and they put it in the, in the, and they put it in the more, in the southern wall. And they should light it in between Mincha and Marv. Vein Adam Yotze ben Neros shall base Hakneses, but nobody is is Yotze, no one fulfills their obligation of lighting the Hanukkah candles through this um, communal lighting. And so you have to go home and specifically light them in your house. So it seems like there's a halacha concept that you have to light the candles in your house, that there's a specific place where the candles have to be lit, and that seems to be your home. And so I wanted to do a little bit of a comparison with a Gemara Sachem. talks about a similar idea with a mitzvah being place-bound. And let's dive right in. So it says the Gemara Sachem. This is on Daf Kuf Aleph. This is on Daf Kuf Aleph. Amul Aleph. 101a. Osam B'nai Adam. Shekidishu Bebeisakneses. So those people who make Kiddush, um, af- who make Kiddush after Shul, in, in Shul, Friday night, which is actually a minhag of a lot of Shuls nowadays, so Rav says, So talking about the status of people, whether they fulfilled their obligation for Kiddush or not, just by listening in Shul. So Rav says, They have not fulfilled their obligation for for wine. However, they have fulfilled their obligation to hear and say Kiddush. Why? Because what is Kiddush? Kiddush is just sanctifying and recognizing the holiness of the day of Shabbos. And so you can do that just by listening. You can listen to the Pasuk um, to the, to the Pasuk of Ayer, Vayvokar, Yom HaShishi, you could realize what the day is, and you could fulfill your, your obligation of Kish through that. However, Yayin is something tangible and something physical, and so you have to go home and actually make a bracha on Yayin, make a Borei Pera Gafen, and drink it yourself in order to fulfill this mitzvah. Shmuel, however, Shmuel takes an even more stringent approach. Shmuel says, Shmuel says that even, you're not, you don't even fulfill your obligation for Kiddush. You have to go home and do that in your house also. So for Rav, why would you? Why should you make Kiddush at home if you're already fulfilled your obligation for Kiddush and Shul? In order to fulfill all the people who weren't in Shul as a member of your household, for example, if you have young, if you have younger kids, or if you just have older kids that couldn't have made it in, in, in Shul, or if your wife was busy lighting lighting the candles for Shabbos. Then you fulfill all those people at the at the Shabbos table this way that nobody um, gets left out in their um, fulfillment of this mitzvah. Um, but for Shmuel, why even say it in Shua in the first place? Because you're not fulfilling any obligations. In order to fulfill the whatever guests were staying in Shul. And he elaborates to continue. Because they were going to be eating and drinking and sleeping in in inside shul inside the beikinishda, and so they, since they were in shul, you you can make the you since they were going to be eating in shul, you can make the the kiddush for them in shul, and it actually accomplish something. Why? So what's this principle? But before I explain what that means, I just want to say an important note that the bracha, um, I'm, I'm sorry, an, an important note, it's not talking about the actual shul, when it says, the Gemara says later on, which I'm not going to get to, that that they, that they did this in, in other rooms. They didn't actually eat inside the sanctuary, inside the place 
where they dive in and where the Torah is read from because that would be disrespectful. But they did it in a, in a different place is where the guests slept and and ate and drank. That was a different place, but it was it was still inside the it was still inside the shul building. It just wasn't inside the actual shul itself, inside the actual sanctuary. And so what's the reasoning for, for this for this rule of Shmuel? So Shmuel has a rule that rhymes. Shmuel has a rule that says that you're not able your kiddush isn't valid unless you made it in the place that, that you're about to have the meal. So as we see from this Gemara, this is a little bit of a similar concept, and maybe this is where the Kitsu Shulchan Aruch is getting it from, as 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 when you light the Chanukiah, because when you light the Chanukiah, it doesn't say in Kiddush Elba Makam Suda, but when we, what we learn from the story about, about lighting in Shul is that you have to light it in the place that you actually live, in the place that's called your house. Everybody has an individual responsibility for it. So if we were to make up a term for this term, we would say, Ein Madlik in Chanukah, Ella You're not able to let to, to let your Hanukkah candles and to be Yotzi, the obligation for lighting your Hanukkah candles, except for in the place that you live. You can't do it under a over overarching um, community bracha. And so it finishes the kids of Shachanach with another halacha. And if somebody is Avel and they're in Shul that day, and this is saying specifically an Avel for for someone whose brother, sister, wife, son, or daughter they had just lost, because those are our 30-day mourning periods, whereas if somebody is mourning the loss of their parents, chas v'shalom, it is a full-year mourning period. So if, so if somebody is in, is, is, in, is in either of those periods, 30 days for the first, for the first five of, of those relatives, but for the last two, for, for a mother or father, chas v'shalom, you would, you would have to, your availus period goes for the full year. Um, you shouldn't make the bracha in shul on the first night. Why? Because on the first night, we know we say shechiana. But in aval is not able to say shechiana betzibar. Apparently, there is some sort of prohibition in the laws of avelus about saying shechiana in within within a public setting. So when he goes home and when he says the bracha for himself, he has to make the bracha of Shekhyan. I hope that you are excited because we are now one day closer to the holiday of Hanukkah. Have a wonderful day.